Hey, Alana here. Welcome to the Successful Writer Podcast. We've had some episodes recently that you might enjoy if you haven't listened to them yet. We had one on how authors can achieve any goal. So especially if you're the type who's using this time of year to think about setting new goals and things like that, give that one a listen. In our most recent episode, I gave my breakdown of my 2020 fiction income shared a lot about the power of having a backlist, some of the breakdowns between my KDP sales versus my wide sales, and then the breakdown of my sales by ebook, paperback, audiobook, and so on. Today, I'm going to be doing another type of end of the year recap. And this is more to do with questions that you can ask yourself as you get ready to start a new year. It doesn't have to be the new year. When you do this, you can definitely do this on a monthly or quarterly basis as well. Whenever you happen to be listening to this, you can just kind of go through some of these questions. It's similar to what we did around this time last year in episode 51, which was preparing yourself for a successful new year. I'm a huge fan of slowing down every so often and taking time to both reflect and plan. So like we talked about with goal setting, for example, before I dive into a goal setting routine or before I jot down tons of plans for a new month or a new quarter or a new year, I find it really useful and effective to take a little bit of time to reflect on the past year as well. I think one mistake sometimes we make as authors is that we're so driven by the next project and the next book and the next goals that we fail to recognize some of the accomplishments. We fail to acknowledge some of our disappointments and we're just kind of in a constant production mode. And so what I want to invite you to do in today's episode is to slow down with me and reflect on some of these things. So basically the structure of our episode today are just questions that you can ask yourself as you're getting ready to start up a new quarter, a new year, maybe even a new project. I like to do a mini version of this every time I finish a book and get ready to write the next book. So wherever you're at, whatever time of year it is or wherever you're at in your writing schedule, I would love to invite you to slow down for just the next 15 minutes with me or so and go through some of these questions for yourself and see how you would answer them. So first up, let's talk a little bit about gratitude. It's a topic that we've covered before on the Successful Writer Podcast in terms of the importance of giving gratitude. So now what I want to invite you to do is to start thinking about this past year for you. I'm going to just say year to keep it simple, but just keep in mind this can be the past book you wrote, the past quarter you ended, the last month, whatever it might be for you when you're listening to this. So what is some of the great things or what are some of the great things that happened to you in this past year that you're really, really thankful for. So we can include things like the people who helped us, your editors, your cover designers, your readers, those great people who leave reviews or tell others about your books. Maybe you have specific people in mind. Like sometimes if you've been writing long enough, you're, you cultivate relationships with some of your readers. You know, you're on a first name basis. You know them. You get a warm feeling when you think about them. 
Think about some of those people. Think about your writing friends, people who have encouraged or inspired your writing career. So first up is giving thanks for others. So in addition to giving thanks for the people who have made a difference this year, you could also spend some time being thankful and just expressing appreciation. Even if it's only to yourself, I sometimes like to just set a timer and write for like three minutes. How many things can I list in a row, kind of stream of consciousness that I'm thankful for? You can include things like software. You can include things like the organizations that we use like Amazon and Kobo and Nook and all the tools that are available to us like ConvertKit and WordPress and BookFunnel, all the things that we use. For those of you who are going through and doing like your end of the year expenses and things like that, that can also be just kind of a nice reflective time. Most of us don't look forward to doing end of the year bookkeeping But it can be a time to reflect. You can say, oh yeah, back in April, I hired this cover designer and had a great time working with them. It doesn't need to slow you down, but you can bring a spirit of gratitude and appreciation into that sort of thing as you wrap up your year. And then again, this year more than any other, I think for most of us, we can be thankful for our health, whether or not we ended up getting COVID, our family did, and we're so thankful that we recovered. We're thankful that the people we know who have had it have pulled through. We can be thankful for all of the medical researchers and providers who are working to keep the world healthy and safe. So even in spite of things that may have been hard this year, There's lots to be thankful for. And that's why it's kind of the next lead-in to the next section that I'll go into in sort of this end-of-the-year planning, start-of-the-year planning, and that is reflecting on some of your past accomplishments. Some authors will do this by keeping tally of how many words they wrote or how many books they published. Those are probably the two easiest ones. Same thing as you're going through your books, doing just normal accounting, bookkeeping type stuff, which again, most of us think of as dry and very not creative and not very fun. We can look at that and say, okay, well, I earned this much money this year. We can appreciate the fact that we're still getting paid. Nobody can lay off an indie author, which is amazing. So maybe your income wasn't what you wanted it to be. Maybe you're like some authors who saw their book sales really do very well this year. Wherever you fall in that spectrum, you can appreciate the sales that you did make, the books you wrote. And this is a good time to appreciate your own success. And some people feel bad about this. They feel like it's prideful or sinful or hubris. I think of it truly as an act of humility to acknowledge like without divine help or creative inspiration or whatever you want to to name that you've appreciated without all of these things that have helped us we wouldn't be able to accomplish the things that we did without health we wouldn't be able to have written as many words as we wrote this year whatever it is and so if you feel worried about keeping track of your accomplishments or if you feel like this is going to make you too self-centered or it's too prideful, just remember the whole spirit behind this is to acknowledge that you couldn't have done this completely on your own, that there were people or events or divine inspiration or artistic inspiration that came in at the right time and helped you accomplish these things. 
maybe you're like a lot of writers, especially writers with kids at home. If you have been in the habit of sending the kids off to school every September and having seven hours a day to focus on your writing and your kids were home all year because of COVID, please don't feel bad. Don't beat yourself up. Even if your word count was a tenth of what it was in previous years or a tenth of what you hoped it would be, I still hope that you can find a way to appreciate the fact that you got done as much as you did. This is a great practice in just being gentle with yourself. Feeling bad because you only wrote 50,000 words when you wanted to write 250,000 words, it doesn't solve the fact that you're short words, right? But being mad at yourself for not writing 250,000 words doesn't acknowledge the fact that you still got 50,000 new words. So I don't, <laughs> I my I don't know if your brain is like this, my brain kind of glazes over when I hear numbers. So the takeaway for those of you who are like me and your brain like blipped out when I started naming numbers, even if your productivity, your word count, your books published, however it is, even if that was lower this year than in previous years or than what you hoped, it's a good time to still nevertheless appreciate what you did accomplish. And for some of us, it's a drastic change from last year and it's a good exercise in some self-compassion. I hope that at this stage, while you're listening to this, you can truly say that you worked as hard as you could and as well as you could given the circumstances you were in. And for some of us, whether you were struggling with health issues or anxiety or schedule changes or financial concerns, some of us, that means our productivity was cut drastically. And this is the great time to still nevertheless appreciate what we did get done. If you're feeling like 2020 was a total wasted year and you got nothing done or next to nothing done, I really encourage you to take some time, jot down every single thing that you worked on this year. And I promise that you will find that you did more than you're giving yourself credit for. So don't just focus on books published. Don't just focus on words written. Think about things like emails written, things that you maintained. If you need to expand into your day-to-day life, you kept the kids educated or you kept the boss at your nine to five happy, even with increased demands. Think about the things that you did accomplish because like I said, once you jot them down and list them down, you will absolutely see that you did more than you're giving yourself credit for. I do this at the end of the week. I have a a short mini version of these questions that I go through. And one of them is to list out my accomplishments. And even on weeks where I feel like I did absolutely nothing, weeks that were a total wash, I realized, no, I still did things. I responded to emails. I worked on the budget. Some, Some weeks in 2020, that was about all I had to show for the week, but it was still not nothing. And those things were important for maintenance, So that's another thing. If you feel like this year you didn't get forward at all, that's okay because sometimes staying in one place takes a lot of energy, right? Like especially this year where there's a lot of things pushing against us. And so to stay in the same place and to not lose momentum, that's actually something to to appreciate in and of itself and to feel very, very proud of. So we talked about gratitude and appreciation. We talked about your accomplishments. Now let's switch gears a little bit and start thinking about your lessons learned. So the first way I like to think about this is a little bit more formal. I'm not going to jump into like what lessons did life teach you. I'm talking more about what did you study this year? What did you work on in your career development or in your writing craft? What courses 
did you take? What books did you read to make you a better author, a better creative, a better business person, or even like a better just person, a better parent or, or friend, or maybe you were working on going through things in your own past, whatever you focused on in your learning, I think it's sometimes nice to sit back because like what we talked about with accomplishments, you're doing more than you think you are. Sometimes this can even, you can even count things like great TV shows, great books that you read just for fun. The Pixar movie Soul came out and our family watched it a couple days ago and I found myself so creatively inspired because of it. So what are you doing to inspire your creativity? What are you doing to grow your writing craft? What are you doing to learn marketing or learn good productivity habits or to become a healthier person? This is another time some people will get the like the Spotify list. Here's all the podcasts you listened to last year or Audible gives you a recap. Here's how much, you know, how many hours you spent listening to audiobooks. These count as your development and that counts as productive work time. And yes, even things like sitting down and reading a great book because that fuels your creativity. I actually have not picked up any fiction in I think almost the entire year or maybe the entire year. And I know that that's just a sign of the state where I've been, where it's been, like I said, hard year. I've struggled more with depression this year than any other, at least in the past decade and maybe any period. And so even the fact like maybe, maybe you feel guilty because like you didn't read a single book on writing and marketing, but you read a hundred novels. That's still awesome because that is doing the creative work of giving your muse inspiration So that all of the things you're reading, they're helping you on a subconscious level. They're keeping you inspired. So all of these things count. And again, once we start kind of tabulating them and adding them up, you'll see that you did a lot more than you probably are giving yourself credit for. Now that we focus on things like that, what courses you've taken, what productive steps you've taken to learn a certain skill or to improve a certain aspect of your writing or your business. Now we can talk about just kind of the life lessons learned. What have you learned about yourself? A lot of people, this entire season of pandemic and lockdown and uncertainty, it's forced us to do a lot more introspection than maybe we're used to. What have you learned about yourself from this? When you're under intense stress, like a lot of us have been, you end up learning a lot about yourself. Maybe you're more resilient than you thought you were. Maybe you're less resilient than you thought you were. Think about the things that you've learned about yourself, about your writing habits. Maybe you learned that you have a really hard time writing when there's noise because we have noisier houses now for those of us with families and kids at home or spouses working from home. Think about the things that you learned about yourself and also just life lessons artistic lessons, lessons about your creativity, maybe you found yourself drawn toward a whole new genre. And so, for example, maybe you write thrillers and horror. And right now, like there's enough scary stuff going on in the world that you find yourself wanting to write like sweet romances or something. 
think about just these things. What have you learned about yourself? What have you learned about your writing habits, your writing style? What have you learned about just the lessons that life has for us when we go through a year like this? One huge thing that I've been focusing on the last four or five months is the Clifton Strengths. And we had Becca Syme on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and she's been doing some one-on-one coaching with me. And I've been going through some of her courses and trainings, knowing what your top strengths are and how those impact your writing, your relationships, how they impact your day-to-day life. And so I feel like we should always be learning about ourselves. And again, if you're worried that spending all this time in introspection is going to make you kind of self-absorbed, one way you could think about it is the more you know about yourself, the more you can write like very, very realistic characters for those of you who are writing fiction. And if you're writing nonfiction, the more you can share about yourself to help your readers. And so learning about ourselves is not just a selfish act. It's not something that we do just because we're narcissistic. We can actually do it in a spirit of service to those around us, right? I want to be a better mom. And so I want to understand why do I get so stressed out when I don't know what the future holds? Questions like that. It doesn't just help me. (laughs) It helps everybody around me. And the same thing with the more you dive deep into your fears, your anxieties, your past, the more realistic characters you can write. They don't have to be going through the exact same thing, but you're going to have more depth to your characters if you're writing fiction. And if you're writing nonfiction, you're going to be able to reach your readers at a much deeper place. So let's pull back a little bit from the super heavy, you know, life lessons type things like in a year like 2020. This one's a little bit more straight up business oriented, but I think it's a great question to ask yourself. What worked really well and what didn't work? So let's start with the things that worked really well. One of the ways I love to frame this to myself is what did you have the most fun creating this year? Maybe in in your mind, it's a specific book or a specific character, or maybe it's not a writing thing, but you loved nurturing your newsletter list, or you loved growing your YouTube following, whatever it was, what was the thing that felt the most fun to make in this past year? That's a great way to start with what worked. You can also approach it from a more dollars and cents. What book or series earns the most money? What book or series sold the most copies? What type of emails did you send out that got the best response and the best open rates and the best click-through rates? What type of ad got you the best return? These are all really good questions. So again, let's remember this 80-20 rule where we don't need to spend time doing everything. We want to focus on like the small group of things that are going to have the biggest impact. So maybe... You ask yourself, okay, what worked this year and what didn't? And you find, you know what? Facebook ads were eh for me, but Amazon ads were awesome and BookBub ads did really well. You know what? If that's the case, give yourself the freedom to say, I'm going to spend 90% of my marketing energy and my marketing dollars in this coming year focusing on the platforms that I know work well for me. There's no reason. We don't need to do everything everywhere. You don't need to have an amazing following on Facebook and TikTok and YouTube and Instagram and Pinterest. You can pick the one or two things that have the greatest impact and that you enjoy the most and you can focus more on those. So another 
branch off of this question, when we start to think about what didn't work, is what would you love to stop doing this next year? Maybe for you, it's some of the admin things. I would love to stop, let's say, doing my own graphics for ads, or I would love to stop being the one to like organize the newsletter list and all, or, or the newsletter campaigns and always decide what I'm going to write about, or I want to stop doing Amazon ads. I've had a lot of people approach me saying, Alana, will you please like let me hire you to do my Amazon ads because they don't want to do it. I'm not doing Amazon ads for hire, but I, I have friends who are. So you can outsource just about everything. And so it's a good question when you're thinking about, okay, what worked really well and then what didn't work really well. And the side question or the parallel question to that is what didn't you enjoy doing? And what that can turn into is what do you want to do less of this coming year? And if you are of the mind, you can go back to that list you made of the things that didn't work out great and come up with a couple policies. You know what? From March 2021 on, I am no longer going to do my proofreadings. I'm going to outsource all of the edits, things like that. It's a great way to make sure that you're spending time on the things that matter and you're spending time on the things that fill you up. And I know it can be scary to hire help, but I want you to remember that you're not just saving yourself time, but you're saving yourself mental and creative energy. And there really isn't a price tag for that. So what I would say, if you're if you're thinking about hiring somebody to help you do some of these things that you want to get off your list, so maybe you say, I want to hire someone to take over my Facebook group, and that person's going to charge you $200 a month, and you say, okay, well, if I hire this person, then I need to make more than $200 a month back in order for it to be worth my while, you're kind of forgetting the other parts of the equation which is that money isn't the most expensive thing you're going to spend. The most expensive thing you can spend is your time and your creative and mental energy. And so sometimes it makes absolute sense to pay someone a couple hundred dollars to do something, even if you could do it yourself, because it's going to free up your mental space. So that leads me really to the last question that we'll wrap up with. We've already kind of touched on it is what can you let go of? So first it's what tasks can you stop doing? What things might you be able to outsource? What things might you be able to just not worry about at all? But in addition to tasks and duties that you can let go of, I also want you to start thinking about like what disappointments do you need to let go of? What do you, what might you need to forgive yourself for? In this past year, this is again a time where we can bring in that sense of just self-compassion, right? Maybe it wasn't the best year for you. Maybe you weren't functioning as high performance as you hoped to or expected to. This is a great time to acknowledge that things didn't go as planned and then to just release that, to recognize we can't change it. We can't go back to February 28th and of 2020 and make something different. And so we just need to accept the fact that we did the best we could when we were doing it. And now, yeah, if there are things that you're disappointed about, you can acknowledge the disappointment, 
Forgive yourself for the disappointment. And then the next step is, what can you do to make sure that this coming year is going to be better, right? How could you have been a better you in 2020? And then take that, not to beat yourself up, right? To forgive yourself for those things. And then to say, okay, what can I do to set myself up even better for 2021? So sometimes this idea of letting go, it's totally internal. It's I need to let go of my desire to write 15 books a year because my whole schedule changed and my kids are home now and there's so much else going on and I ran out of time. So I'm going to let go of that expectation. I'm going to let go of the disappointment. I acknowledge that I'm disappointed, right? This is all hypothetical, by the way. I'm just walking you through how someone could go through this. And then you you could reframe. You could say, okay, so looking to this coming year, what do I have the capacity to plan for? How can I be a little bit better this year than I was last year? And what can I do to set myself up for a little bit more success? And you can set more realistic expectations for yourself. And also you can go into the new year not carrying the stress and the disappointment and the anxiety from the past year. And I think that's really, really important. So a lot of it's totally internal. Some of it's going to be external. It's external things that we need to let go of. Again, hypothetical. My best writing friend took one of my book ideas and did something really similar and they're getting more sales than I am. And I feel so hurt and so stuck and unable to move forward even if it was completely not your fault. Again, we have to, there are some things we have to approach with, you know what, this happened in the past. It's not going to get changed. So what can I do now? And what you can do now is you can move forward. You can do the inner forgiveness work. I'm not saying you need to go to somebody who was a jerk to you and say, I forgive you for being a terrible human being, (laughs) but do that work in your own heart in as much as you can, right? Forgiveness is a process too. I'm not saying you can like choose to forgive somebody once and never work on it again. But again, practice that sense of letting go, letting go of the hurt and the anger and the disappointment. You've got to acknowledge it, but then you can let it go. You probably won't do it perfectly the very first time, but that's okay. The goal isn't to like say, for example, okay, I forgive my friend for stealing all of my readers and ruining my career. And then all of a sudden, whenever you think about this person, you just get warm fuzzies in your heart. That's not really how it works. But you can acknowledge the hurt and the wounds and then say, okay, what am I going to do now? Because you can't go back and change things. So what are you going to do now? So some of the things that we might need to let go of are forgiving others maybe some of us even need to do some work on forgiving our readers right your readers maybe you feel like they just take and take and take and they don't give you anything back and your book sales really dropped and you're feeling anxious and scared and kind of angry at your readers that's another thing we need to kind of let go of that let go of that anger and then say okay what can I do next how can I get a better relationship with my readers? How can I find more of the right kind of readers? Whatever you need to do. So this is kind of the last step in getting ready for the next year. And that's just what kind of extra baggage can you take off so that you can start the new year unencumbered? What stresses can you acknowledge and then leave behind 
in 2020 so that when you start 2021, you really are feeling lighter and more free. And again, I'm not trying to make light of things. I'm not saying that any of this should be easy and you should just be able to, you know, look at something terrible that happened and then a minute later feel totally fine with it and never worry about it again. But I just want you to start thinking about like, what's one thing that I want to let go of before I start the new year? What's one disappointment or one hurt or one way that I let myself down that I can let go of and do that work of forgiveness right? I forgive 2020 for being a terrible year. (laughs) That's going to be hard for some of us to say. I forgive the COVID-19 virus for ruining my career. That's a hard thing to say. But sometimes we need to, again, we acknowledge the things that have happened and recognize that those things are in the past. And then we can ask ourselves, what can I do to prepare for a better year And how can I start that year without carrying all of this hurt and anxiety and pain and baggage into the new year? Again, this is all about being gentle and compassionate to yourself and doing the best with what you can. So I hope that this gave you a nice and encouraging framework to begin the new year with a sense of gratitude, a sense of appreciation, a sense of pride in your accomplishments, a sense of achievement for all of the things that you learned and all of the ways that you survived and thrived. I hope it gave you some good strategies as you look up through what worked and what didn't work and what you might want to stop doing in the new year. And lastly, when we talk about things to let go of, I hope that it truly does help you. Even if all you think about is that one thing, and maybe you spend five minutes with your journal, journaling about that one thing that you want to let go of. I hope that it makes a difference and allows you to start your new year feeling lighter and more inspired and ready to have a fabulous year. And that's what I wish for you. I wish for a year of health and blessing and prosperity and close relationships. And I wish you and your family and your loved ones a sense of peace and comfort and security. And I'm so glad that we get to come together and do these podcasts together. I absolutely feel a sense of connection to you while we talk about these things. It does not feel like a one-way conversation to me. And so I want to thank you for being on the other side of these conversations and we'll talk to you soon. This is Alana and you have been listening to the Successful Writer Podcast. I hope today's episode was encouraging and informative for you to help you level up in your author career. If you want more ongoing support for your marketing, your productivity, and your mindset, please join me and New York Times bestselling author and my teaching bestie, Melissa Storm, in our Patreon Writing Cave We've got daily videos, we've got live group chats and sprints and everything you need to increase both your marketing and your productivity for your books. You can find out more and join us starting at the $10 a month level at patreon.com slash writing cave. Thanks again for listening. Have a fabulous day.